He's a native Texan, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you. If you're just tuning in, this is my third hour today. I've uh, Harley said um, he needed uh, needed some time off today for something important, I'm sure, and uh, said, would you come in early? And, and uh, those of you who know me, um, I, I don't see many sunrises. I am not a morning person at all. Um, and don't judge me. I spent a lot of my life as a morning person doing morning things and being up before the sun, but, uh, I don't have to do that anymore. So I choose not to. So don't be all judgy. I've got someone in the studio with me right now, Mr. Chris Ferris, and I want to welcome him into the studio. He's here to, uh, celebrate a very special birthday uh chris welcome to the matt long show and tell us about the birthday thank you matt uh today is the 248th celebration of the marine corps birthday and uh we stay right stay right on your mic yes sir it's a 248th uh, celebration of the marine corps birthday uh we are celebrating in kerrville tonight at the busted sandal 709 water street from 6 o'clock till 10 o'clock at night. Uh, we'll have a food truck from Vincenio's, and uh, our guest speaker is Jeff Harris, a Marine Corps right. veteran. He's a city council member. Okay. And um, is there, you know, come on, I've seen the, I've seen the cake, and they use a sword. Yes, sir. Is there going to, are we, you going to have a cake there tonight? Yes, we're going to have the traditional cake cutting ceremony. And in fact, I was a uh, Marine Corps officer, and we used my sword, my Mameluke sword, to cut the cake. We'll be sharing the cake between the oldest and youngest, and that celebrates the passing of history and the knowledge, uh, or the recognition of the knowledge also. And uh, so that's going to be, I'll be reading the current Commandant's message, General Smith, which we wish him speedy recovery. He just had a heart attack. Oh. Uh, Yes. And so we wish him speedy recovery, and then a friend of mine, Patrick Boyle, He'll be reading the uh, 13th Commandant's message, uh, General Lejeune's message. So just a little bit of history. In 1921, uh, General Lejeune said that all Commandants from henceforth should read the status of the Marine Corps. Mm -hmm. And so on every November 10th, we will do that. And so General Smith's message, I'll be reading uh, Patrick Boyle will be reading uh, General Lejeune's message, and uh, Jeff Harris will be giving his comments. Wow! So General Lejeune, he created this. I'm I'm going to be really show my mm-hmm. ignorance. This was a long time ago. He made a speech a long time ago. He's, yes, sir. All right, and so we just you read his uh, speech again every year. Yes, every sir. year since 1921. Since 1921. Man, I'm going to have to look up that speech. It sounds, it's, it's, uh, uh, if you're going to read it every year. Every single year. It's one of those. Uh, in fact, I was speaking with uh, my friend Patrick, and uh, he was going over the speech, and he said a couple times he had to stop because it was just one of those speeches that makes you understand why you are who you are as a Marine. Wow. Wow. 
So, Marines, uh, I know that all the different military branches, y'all give each other a hard time, and you got names for each other. Uh, Jarheads, I've heard that one. Leathernecks. Leathernecks. Right. The Leatherneck one, though, and I learned this a couple of years ago, and there may be a lot of people that don't know this, and when you refer to a leather, tell us this history. I find this a fascinating history. It goes back to the days of Thomas Jefferson, when we were fighting Muslim pirates, right, right. and uh, we had been paying ransom money uh, over several years, and it came, it ended up being at some point when Jefferson became the president, it was a substantial chunk of our budget. I mean, it was like in the teens, ten or fifteen percent of our national budget was to pay. <laughs> To keep the uh, the Muslim barbarians from raiding our shipping, from raiding yeah. our shipping lines, and so I believe it was Jefferson who said, "We're going to go to Tripoli, right?" And from the shores of Tripoli, from the, yeah, yeah, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores yeah. of Tripoli. Tell us then, tie that in with the nickname Leatherneck. Well, what what we decided to do was to put a leather strap around all of the marines on ship and mm-hmm. therefore in battle we would prevent hopefully um the unfortunate decapitation of our marines yeah. while they were in combat and therefore hence we were forth known as the leathernecks yeah because of being this is like wearing a flak vest today that was right. uh, the flak vest uh, that Thomas Jefferson exactly. sent him off. Put this uh, leather strap around your neck, and hopefully it will slow down that yeah. sword. My goodness, you know, Can when you we, imagine? I, that's where I was exactly going. I mean, we've been watching TV, uh, the, the thing going on in Gaza, and we've been watching people shoot at each other from behind, uh, you know, walls and, and, and in tanks and stuff. Yes. And then when we look back at what was going on on the shores of Tripoli, when our enemy was charging at us with swords right. and cutting heads and, off. And, and some I, of that still continues today. Hey, there's uh, fierce combat hand-to-hand um, in, in, in cities. Uh, we've done it in, as far back uh, or, as, or as recently as uh, in uh, the Gulf Mosul. Wars and stuff like that. Mosul, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. all those mm-hmm. areas. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, Wow. So now you know what the leather neck is. If you know any Marines, is there an official way to to say happy birthday to a Marine or Simplify. Simplify. Is yeah. that okay for a non Marine to say that? Absolutely. I've always been afraid to say say that because it's like uh, I thought maybe that was like secret code between Marines. No, actually it's um we welcome it from anybody. Okay. Um it is uh one of the things that uh ties us all together um i've got brothers and my father they all served in different branches um but we're unique we're a unique uh, group of people um i think uh there's a certain uh unique status that we have that uh and that's why we welcome anybody to come out to our event tonight all branches um anybody who served they didn't have to serve uh we want to kind of show the community uh what is involved in our birthday celebration because uh, a lot of people don't know. I was asked, uh, is this a, a formal event? Right. And it's not. It is okay. Not. Yeah. 
And so let's go over the event. It is tonight celebrating the, and if I did my math right, the 248th. That's correct birthday of the marine corps and um man that's a that's a long time you know this year we're having the 250th 50th anniversary of the tea party that's That's coming up here real soon so um the let's tell us more about the event tonight this is the birthday celebration the cutting of the cake the reading of the messages and it is going to be you fill in the blanks chris it's going to be at 709 water street and it's from six to ten o'clock tonight um i'll be reading the current commandant's method message and uh patrick boyle will be reading uh, general lejeune's message we'll be getting uh, uh council member uh, jeff harris's comments uh he's our guest speaker and then we'll cut the cake and then we'll be uh exchanging coins and i hate to say it but we'll be telling a few lies throughout the evening Oh yeah, oh yeah. This yeah. is what we do. You yeah. Know, where, where did you serve, and who are you with? That kind of stuff. And uh, you'll never meet a marine. It's not, um, you know, your brother. It's, yeah. It's a brotherhood. Yeah. Wow. Chris, thank you for taking the time today, and thank you for putting this together. I think this happened because you and a friend of yours looked around and there wasn't anything. This is one of those. If we don't do it, it won't get done. Exactly. Exactly. So, it, and it was short notice. It's been about three weeks ago. We kind of looked at each other and said. Hey, it's on a Friday this year. What are we going to do? Yeah. And we both said, hey, let's put something together. Patrick, you know, he knew the people down at uh, the Busted busted Sandal. And I got to tell you, those people are so gracious. Um, They just opened up their doors, um, allowed us to kind of just put ourselves in their event, in their area. And uh, they're just so kind. And then Vicenio's, uh, the food truck, probably the best street food you'll find in this area and uh, they have, um, I think it's a, a 50% off for any veteran. You don't even have to be a Marine. Okay. And, and that includes uh, family members. Okay. So it should be a, a, a pretty good event, and the weather's going to cooperate. All right. That sounds great. That's tonight at 709 Water Street, the Busted Sandal from 6 to 10, the Marine Corps birthday celebration, 248 years. Thank you for coming in, Chris. Thank you, Matt. Semper Fi. Semper Fi. Dan... Protecting Texas for future generations. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. The Hill Country Patriot. All right, we are back and uh, got a little um, got an announcement for you on uh, Monday. On Monday, the Ker, uh, Kerrville Christian Chamber is going to be having their uh, uh, regular meeting. And I had it up, and there it is. I'll bring it up again. Uh, it's going to be Monday the 13th. It's a dinner meeting, but if you wish to eat, you have to RSVP by Monday morning. Otherwise, we won't have enough for you. It says there's no cost unless you want to donate a buck or two to uh, uh, cover uh, for the meal. Um, it says um, that this is at 1127 East Main Street in the BCFS building, and the doors open at 530 for 
Food and Networking. And so that is the Kerr, Kerrville Christian Chamber. Uh, Howard and Debbie Oaks uh, have put this together. And uh, let me see. I thought I had who um, their speaker was. It says... Um, Make sure you read the short bio above. And uh, Howard, Mike, I don't think my I don't think my bio came through. Oh, here we go. Jennifer Belt, a mother of four, has spent the last eight years immersed in the gospel of Jesus Christ, which she calls her first and foremost light therapy. In November 2020, she discovered stem cell activation patches, a unique method. For rejuvenating the body, Jen is a gifted educator and encourager who loves connecting with people. These patches have helped her live disease-free, pain-free, and slow down the aging process. And she is eager to discover the possibilities they offer. So that is Monday evening at 6 o'clock at the BCFS building. Doors open at 530 and uh, you want to RSVP with Howard. If you don't know how to get, how to hold, get hold of Howard, get in touch with me. and uh, Or you can go to jcceos.com. JC, as in Jesus Christ. CEOs, as in Chief Executive Officers. jcceos.com. Go check it out. All right, um, fourth special session has started. In fact, if you got your email um, yesterday from Ellen Troxclair, she is uh, really bragging about the um, this bill, House Bill 4, that they're talking about it. And uh, she's, uh, what? let's see if I can get down to the, the great things she says it is doing. Um, where? Oh, man, come on. Where is, it's right there. It's right there. Um, all right, here it goes. Here's the, the message from um, Ellen Troxclair, my representative. She says this week we're going to be debating House Bill 1, and it said Hill Country Public School Districts will gain $57 million this fiscal year and $92 million the next fiscal year. And she says that's a gain of $470 per average daily attendance, $740 next year. Um, there, She says this is going to be great. Uh, the funding is going to be increased by $7 billion on top of the $6.3 billion we've already spent, she says. But the boost doesn't stop here. Um, we're going to be giving full-time teachers, nurses, counselors, librarians, uh, a $4,000 bonus and 2000 for the professionals in part-time roles, um, all kinds of little bonuses, special education. Um, they even cover insurance. They're even talking about insurance, property and casualty insurance in this bill. Now, I told you yesterday I had not read the bill Um but it got filed uh, on Tuesday, and uh, goodness, see, I can't even forget, remember what day it is. I was on the road Tuesday and Wednesday driving all day, so yesterday was my first chance to open up House Bill 1. And if you would like to do that yourself, you can go to uh, what we call in shorthand TLO, Texas Legislature Online. 
that should be in my computer that website is up so much that i'm afraid that it may even burn an image onto my screen for tlo but that website is capital.texas.gov capital with an o and gov with an o capital.texas.gov that will take you to the texas legislature online if you go there right now and you can do search legislation that's in the middle column be sure that where it says legislature in that little tab that you are on 88 4 2023 is in parentheses 88 is for the 88th legislative session 4 in the parentheses is for the fourth a special session of the 88th and of course the year just to make sure you're all on the same page 2023 is right there so i had heard that house bill one was 177 pages this was a school choice bill right That's what they told us school choice school choice school choice bill um we're getting duped where we are getting duped um, I did go through all 177 pages, and um, page 90 is when we finally get to the ESAs. So education savings account, you know, that's the school choice part of the school choice bill. On 177 page, they get to it on page 90. And when you get to page 90, and let's see how quick I can get down there. I wonder, I think if I use that slider over there, there we go, there we go, get to page 90. It starts talking about education savings accounts. And here's where we go into where it gets interesting. I was looking at the introduction to the uh, this segment um, of the education savings account. It's on page 90 of uh, House Bill 1, and they go through the definitions, and then they get down to who's eligible, and here is the uh, first one that uh, surprised me but didn't uh, surprise me, all right? You um, have to be a no homeschoolers. Let's put it that way. No homeschoolers are included. Now, 177-page bill, and I did just skim it. Um, I know how to read bills. The um, I'm I'm good at reading bills. I know the where are the places and points and time where you need to slow down and read every other every word. I may have completely accidentally skipped and not seen the uh, the section for homeschoolers, but I was looking for the section for homeschoolers and so it wasn't a matter of you know i wasn't looking for it and it maybe flew by me no i was looking for it and um that it's um i'm sorry but uh, the um there's nothing in there for homeschoolers there's a ton in there for children with disabilities i think that's great i think that's great there's a lot of good things in this bill um, but again, it is not a universal school choice. Not every child can participate in it. And there is only a limited number of tickets, so to speak. And so what they do, since uh, it's a limited number of tickets, they get to decide who can use those tickets and who can't. 
And so they've got all kinds of eligibility requirements. Are you eligible to be, to participate in this program? And some parts of the eligibility have to do with where you are on the poverty level, uh, um, how much or how bad your disability is, and and uh, I, they, this is not this is not a universal school choice bill, and I'm not sure what all they're trying to get away with in here. But I really think that these bills should have been separated, that the first 90 pages of House Bill 1 maybe should have been its own bill, all right? And then we come up and we add uh, the school choice for the last 700 and, uh, I'm sorry, 70, uh, let's see, 70, 87 pages um, is the school choice bit, Um they're going to add standardized testing. Oh yeah, you heard that right. We'll uh, we're, I'm going to stop right there. The standardized testing. Let your blood boil for a little bit. We're going to take a short break, and then I'm going to come back and talk to you about. Yeah, you may be able to choose a school and go somewhere else. Go to a non-traditional school or a private school, but they're going to hold you accountable through their own through the state testing system, which, well, you know what that means. We'll be right back. Rhinos hate him. I'm out. Come out wherever you are. He's Matt Log on the Hill Country Patriot. All right, I just dipped in to the um, hearing that is going on, the uh, House Committee on Educational Opportunity, and Enrichment is meeting right now, and uh, they were uh, just talking about House Bill 3, which I haven't even looked at because I spent most of my time yesterday trying to get through the 177 dadgum pages of uh, House Bill 1, but they're hearing all these bills right now. Now I'm going to get back to House Bill 1. This is the supposed school choice bill, the bill that is um, uh, supposedly to give us, uh, you know, he wanted universal school choice. Now, I know there's a trick to writing bills, but I've seen bills cover some pretty big uh, uh, areas on two pages, three pages, four pages. This is 177 pages. Um, one of the first things that uh, caught me by surprise was the standardized testing and benchmark assessments. And uh, Pastor Greg and I talked about this on Tuesday. If If school choice, and let's just say... Let's just say they had included homeschoolers. Now, they didn't, or I couldn't find it. If someone can correct me, and if someone will get in touch with me, I will, I promise you, I will correct myself. But I did, a, I dug hard for homeschoolers in House Bill 1 and couldn't find it. But what Pastor Greg mentioned is if they're going to require that standardized test, no matter what school you go to, then you're you're gonna ha- they're gonna have to teach 
teach you to be prepared for the test. And if that standardized test has a whole bunch of junk on it that are the reasons you got your kids out of public schools in the first place, if they're on those tests, because you got to take the same test as public school kids, then it doesn't matter where they go. They're still going to have to pass that test that has all the crap in it that we, you left the public school systems for. So I have a real hard time with that. Um, here was another one. Remember how the governor's been trying to push for pre-K? Like, uh, you know, we want to get your kids right out of the womb, right? And the governor's been real big on pre-K. I believe it was the 87th session, but he didn't get pre-K in the 87th. Um, guess what? What's buried in this? Page 134 of this bill is pre-k now they're not going to grab them right out of the womb they're going to wait a couple of years pre-k for three-year-olds state-sponsored daycare is what it really comes down to three-year-olds so if they couldn't you know if you thought they were teaching gender theory at elementary school and you were concerned about that and you're concerned about uh, what those kids are learning when they're 10 or 12 years old in a public school system that seems to be hell-bent on, well, that boy, that was a good choice of words, on a public school system that is hell-bent. All right? I mean, that's, that's, that's their bend. They want to take over. They don't think parents know what they're doing. They don't think you know what you're doing. They're trying to get counseling into the schools so they don't have to tell your parents so they can get a hold of your kids at school and, 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 and visit with them and do some therapy, you know, bring them around, but without telling their parents. They got school districts that want you to uh, want to keep from the parents the transitioning of their child. In other words, the, the, they want to help with the delusion that a boy can become a girl, and so they're going to help with that delusion by keeping it from parents. We're seeing this all over the country, and uh, they want to get your kids early and earlier. So um, it seems like our governor is getting his uh, pre-K all the way down to three-year-olds. Um, so, um, yeah, there you go. That is um, page 134. Oh, what about health insurance? You know, if we've got, uh, if we've got all of these uh, different uh, new educational services or new, they have a term for them. They call them Certified Educational Assistance Organizations, CEAOs, Certified Educational Assistance Organizations. So if you uh, were elect to go with this school choice, apply and make sure you're one of the few who's eligible to get into school choice, you, you can only send your kid to a certified educational assistance organization. And they get to decide, the state gets to decide. 
So let's just say the uh, first uh, uh, Baptist, uh, the first Antioch Baptist Church of Fredericksburg. I'm making that up, by the way. If there's a church named that, I man, I'm not. This is not. No, let's just make one up. All right. So we've got a, and they say, you know what? We we could open a private school because we're, you know, this is school choice. We ought to be able to have a school here. And, um, you know, even if it's only a dozen students or whatever, we ought to be able to have a school here and, and bring the kids from our uh, church into school here. And, and we can do that. And we've got teachers and we've got the, uh, they're going to have to get certified by the state. They're going to have to get certified by the state. We don't know who's going to go through that. In fact, they don't even have the rules made up yet to how you certified an educational assistance organization. They have some of the outlines of it, but they don't have it ready yet. There's a whole big section on hybrid courses. What's a hybrid course, Mr. Long? What's a hybrid class? Ah, well, a hybrid class is one where you go to class some of the time, and then other times you're sitting in front of your computer. They even say that you could be sitting in front of your computer taking a school course on the computer in school, or you might be doing it at home, or you might be doing it, well, I don't know. See, this is where I'm confused about the homeschooling thing. Um, But they've got this whole section on how to deal with hybrid courses or hybrid classes, classes that are a mixture of online and in-person and then they even have a whole section on completely online school and how that would work and who gets paid and does the uh, uh, the the person who's doing the online teaching do they have health insurance and can we do something about that? I challenge you to uh, get skim through House Bill One and see what you think about it. Right now, I have a hard time backing up this bill. This is. Um, but, of course, it's got a whole lot of money for teachers. It's got money for special education. Oh, I did fail to mention for the first section up there was um, requiring something like 225 minutes a week of fine arts. So they had a whole section on fine arts, making sure that every kid gets 225 minutes a week of fine arts. And so I figured, well, that's cool. They probably do that for history and social studies, don't they? <laughs> no. Now, they do. Uh, there is a special section for math. i got a good idea. Why don't we split that? Uh, someone come up with an amendment to this, and you need to create a section for history and social studies, American history, founding history, and social studies, and split that 225 minutes a week with the fine arts. Let's start there. Let's just start there. Split that. I think we ought to replace that whole section on fine arts and call it American Founding History. The principles of this country. I think our students could do better with 225 minutes a week of that than they could of fine arts, whatever fine arts were. Is that going to be another paper plate with a bunch of uh, pasta glued to it? Or perhaps a necklace made out of elbow pasta? Who knows what is fine art? 
Y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. He's seen a few skirmishes in his time. Matt Long on the Hill Country Patriot. All right, we are back. You're listening to the Matt Long Show on the Hill Country Patriot. Just got a text. Uh, Jeff, thank you for sending this uh uh, to me, I don't have details, and I went to Hondo's on Main to see if there were any details, but I don't see any details for this. Um, so I'm going to give you what I have. Um, after hearing about the uh, Marine birthday party tonight in Kerrville, Jeff said there's a Marine birthday uh, party event tonight at Hondo's in Fredericksburg. Uh, retired uh, uh, commandant uh, will be there. Um, and uh, he just says General Hagee. So it sounds like uh, General Hagee will be there at Hondo's tonight. I got to uh, General Hagee was uh, the uh, headliner for the uh, event that um, if you were listening in the first or second hour uh, this morning of the show uh, between uh, 7 and 9, um, I played uh, several parts of several interviews I had with um, with some retired spies, naval intelligence officers, and um, their headliner speaker that night was uh, General Hagee, and uh, I got to open for General Hagee as Ben Franklin, and I had a real good time, and I got to sit at the table, and I got some pictures made with uh, all these retired uh, naval officers, and then General Hagee, and uh, who's not in the Navy, um, and uh, as their speaker, and uh, it was a fun evening. But uh, that is tonight at Hondo's. If I get any details uh, before we go off the air, I'll give them to you. So I wanted to um, wanted to come up with something from the Founders Bible for today, and uh, so I was uh, spent some time in there yesterday, and uh, got to Psalm one forty four. And there was an article written by David uh, Barton that accompanies Psalm 144. And Psalm 144 is a great read, and, and but it starts out, Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hands for war and my, finger, my fingers for battle. And uh, David Barton then adds to this, he says, um, Beyond the gifts of the Holy Spirit that many of us would be familiar with, the Bible teaches that God bestows various talents and giftings upon individuals, including that of a musician, that would be in First Samuel or First Chronicles 23, artisans, a hunter, a jeweler, an engraver, and these are all people that uh, God bestowed these talents, uh, talents upon them, and you can read them. The jeweler is in Exodus 35 and 33. The engraver is in Exodus 35 and 35. And then a sage, an athlete, songwriter, civil ruler, civil ruler and orator. It says one gift that is rarely acknowledged today, but is a gift that God specifically affirms in small Psalms 144 and 1 is being a skilled soldier. 
Blessed be the Lord, my rock, who trains my hand for war and my fingers for battle. That, too, is a direct and sovereign gifting of God. Military subjects and issues are talked about repeatedly throughout both the Old and New Testaments. Even John the Baptist gave specific instructions for soldiers and officers as he was baptizing. And that's in Luke three twelve through 16. And included throughout the biblical Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11 are numerous military figures held up to us as examples for our emulation or for us to copy or for us to look up to. In early America, the role of a soldier was definitely recognized, appreciated, and honored as a specific calling from God. One one indication of this was the annual artillery sermon. Beginning in the 1630s, each year the local militia would assemble to elect its officers and leaders, and on that occasion a minister would address them from the scriptures about military issues suitable to the occasion. But the annual artillery sermon was just one recognition of Psalm 144 and 1. The military was frequently the subject of many other famous sermons. For example, in 1745, the Reverend George Whitfield, a leading figure in America's national revival known as the First Great Awakening, preached a special sermon to troops deploying under General William Pepperell to fight at the Cape Breton Island in Nova Scotia during King George's War. Whitfield addressed the soldiers from 1 Samuel 22 and 2. Everyone who was in distress and everyone who was in debt and everyone who was discontented gathered to David and he became captain over them. And as uh, Whitfield's biographer reported, he said he spiritualized the subject and told them how distressed sinners came to Jesus Christ, the son of David, and in his application extorted the soldiers to behave like the soldiers of David and the officers to act like David's worthies. After this, he preached to the general himself. Significantly, the Reverend Whitfield also created their military motto, If Christ be captain, no fear of defeat. That's, I'm, I'm going to read that again. That was a military motto. If Christ be captain, no fear of defeat. Another significant military sermon occurred in 1755 during the French and Indian War when the Reverend Samuel Davies, considered the greatest pulpit preacher in American history, preached preached religion and patriotism, the constituents of a good soldier. In that famous sermon, he pointed out a young Colonel George Washington as an example to illustrate how God often sovereignly intervened to help soldiers. Another famous one occurred in September 1775, as a thousand American soldiers were deploying from Massachusetts on a military expedition against the British. Before setting out, they gathered to hear a special sermon at the First Presbyterian Church in Newburyport. 
the church in which the Reverend Whitfield had been buried at his death in 1770. With drums beating, the troops formed two lines leading into the church. The chaplain of those troops, the Reverend Samuel Spring, walked down the line and stepped into the pulpit. The troops then stacked their whip weapons in the aisle, and the Reverend Spring preached to the soldiers from Exodus 33. In that passage, God was leading his people to the promised land, but Moses told God, if your presence does not go with us, do not lead us up from here. Spring applied the passage to the pending message mission. Following the sermon, the troops, silently and in awe, descended to the basement of the church where the body of the Reverend Whitfield had been entombed, buried in his clerical robes. They lifted the lid off his sarcophagus looked down on the remains of the great preacher, and soldier after soldier cut off a small piece of his robe to carry with them into battle, for they all considered him, this is uh, Whitfield, they all considered him a spiritual mentor of their profession. The next year in 1776, the Reverend Jonas Clark preached a famous military sermon about the battle, of, about the battle at Lexington. The previous year, in 1775, 700 British soldiers had set out from Boston and encountered a few dozen Americans at Lexington Green. When the smoke lifted after the battle, there were 18 American casualties, including both black and white patriots. Significantly, the American troops in that battle, included the wounded and dead, had been from Pastor Clark's church. There are many other examples, but military-oriented sermons were a regular part of American church practice for centuries for the simple reason that the Bible recognizes this as an important God-ordained vocation. Christians today should regain the perspective that just as God gives special skills to individuals, he makes clear in Psalms 144 and 1 that he also specifically gifts certain individuals to be effective soldiers. So, going to take a quick look at my uh, texter here. Uh, here we go. God did get some more details from Jeff Peterson. And Jeff, thank you, sir. The um, annual U.S. Marine Corps celebration is going to be at 5 o'clock at Hondo's in Fredericksburg. And the one in Kerrville is going to be at 6 o'clock at the Busted Sandal from 6 to 10 at 709 Water Street. Go help the Marines celebrate. Psalm 144, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. My loving kindness and my fortress, my stronghold and my deliverer, my shield, and he in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under me. O oh Lord, what is man that you take knowledge of him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a mere breath, his days are like passing shadow. Bow your heavens, O oh Lord, and come down, touch the mountains that they may smoke. Flash forth lightning and scatter them. Send out your arrows and confuse them. Stretch forth 
your hand from on high, rescue me and deliver me out of great waters, out of the hand of aliens whose mouths speak deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. He has, I will sing a new song to you, O God, upon a harp of ten strings. I will sing praises to you who gives value, who gives salvation to kings, who rescues David his servant from the evil sword. Rescue me, he says. Rescue me and deliver me out of the hands of aliens whose mouth speak deceit and whose right hand is a right hand of falsehood. Y'all be nice to the tourists. I didn't say that. Stay tuned for Lorraine. We'll see you on Monday.